Hi, Aga. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. Hey, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So, Aga, could you tell us um, where you are in the world first, and then maybe give us a little bit of your backstory, what led you to doing the work that you're doing today? I am in Seattle, Washington, <laughs> and I am a life coach for moms. Um, what led me to do this work is uh, the crash with the reality of the patriarchal culture. Uh, before becoming a stepmom and then a mom, I had an international career in the oil and gas industry. I traveled a lot and I had different kinds of jobs in the industry, including working on oil rigs. And because this job was so, um, um, you know, well paid and very, uh, give me a lot of financial freedom and generally freedom. I work with super smart people and I traveled a lot and so on. I thought that the patriarchy is the story of the past because my life suddenly sounded, seemed so different than my ancestral women's life. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized that after becoming a stepmom and a mom, that the patriarchy is definitely not the story of the past and women still face very hard choices without being supported by the society. Yeah. So that's why I do what I do. Yeah, for sure. Now, I love that you worked on oil rigs and that you were a petrophysicist. Can you talk a little bit about that? Maybe help the readers understand what that even is. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah, and you know, actually I am a micropaleontologist by education. I have a master's in micropaleontology, but I also have an engineering degree in geology. And um, I started working in oil uh, business. And basically what happened was I first worked on oil rigs acquiring data from boreholes. Because when you drill, you have to see where you kind of are in a geological formation. You have to, by measure, by making the specific measurements, you recognize what kind of rock you're in and whether it's reservoir rock or not. And whether the reservoir fluid is hydrocarbon oil or gas. So that's what I did in, on oil rigs. But then as a petrophysicist, I received the data together with all kinds of different data. And I was analyzing it to calculate what is the porosity of the rock, what are the properties of the rock, and also what is the, you know, what whether there's water, gas, or, or oil in the rock, and how easy it is to extract. So basically that was my job as a petrophysicist. There was a lot of numbers, a lot of data to analyze, to kind of connect the dots. So that was what I was doing. Very interesting. So um, you mentioned on your website, in your in your story, in your bio, that you ultimately hit kind of a rock bottom once you became a mom and a stepmom and tried to balance work and, and life as a mom. Can you talk about what rock bottom was to you, what that felt like, what kind of caused it? What were the challenges? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, it was quite intense. And uh, what happened was I moved continents when I was pregnant. That was our decision because my husband um, my husband had two sons from uh, his previous marriage. So we wanted to start a family and we wanted to make sure that the children grow up together. And uh, so I moved from the Netherlands then to Seattle and uh, and I decided to, you know, to give birth, to get used to the new culture, to get, get used to the new role. And then 
see what's, what's going to happen. And what happened is I gave birth to my first daughter. And then uh, after a few months, she was maybe 10 months old. And I started uh, consulting again as a petrophysicist. I started my own business, which was quite successful. I was pretty well connected in an industry. But I was still a stepmom of these two school age boys and a mom of a young kid who never slept. Mm. <laughs> and I was pregnant. And by the time I gave birth to my second baby, I felt like nothing makes sense. You know, hydrocarbon saturation, you know, calculation of the hydrocarbon saturation stopped making sense to me hmm. even before giving birth to my second kid because I felt like, you know, I'm basically running on empty. I never sleep enough. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm saying that in, you know, in the relation mm -hmm. marks here. And I'm not the employee of the year. I mean, I was my own employee, but you know, I wasn't doing amazing projects that I used to work on. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have any ambition and nothing, nothing made sense. And by the time my second kid was born, I felt like, um, you know, I was missing to matter in the world, but I felt like, I'm exhausted. I never sleep enough. I'm not definitely not the mom and the stepmom I want to be. I felt bitter, resentful, and I just decided that I have to do something because I can't live like that. So that was really yeah. um, that was where I got to. And what I did, I first I went for therapy. Mm -hmm. I had this amazing therapist who sent me to acupuncture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, she basically she didn't send me specifically to acupuncture, but what I I started with taking time for myself, um, and I because you know I couldn't because right now our society is so productivity oriented that it's yeah. hard for people to do nothing mm -hmm. or to rest, right? Especially in America. So I started have, having my uh, weekly acupuncture visits. Then I signed up for this <laughs> um, spa membership, so I started having facials once a yeah. month. <laughs> So that's how I started kind of seeing the light from the rock bottom, you know? Absolutely. I have um, a similar experience. I was definitely right there as well. And I took a whole summer. I called it the summer of me. And I will explore everything from reflexology to acupuncture to um, essential oils to anything I could think of that I had never done for myself. I did all summer and I said, I'm not working this one summer. And that really led me into the business that I kind of accidentally started, which is what I still run today, eight years later, which is, you know, the natural skincare. Um, I think that women have so many responsibilities these days that it's, you know, it's work, it's motherhood, but it's also the household has to function as well. Who's doing the laundry, who's cleaning. Um, but a big part of that is the thinking jobs. I've always called them. Um, who needs a doctor's appointment? What about lunches um, for the kids? Who has a field trip? Um, all of the things that we have to remember and keep track of. Um, eventually, mm -hmm. it's going to lead to burnout. I think it's inevitable and it's become more or less a phenomenon today. So mm -hmm. the women who you are working with, is this something that's pretty common that you're seeing? Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I think the huge misconception about motherhood is that, um, and again, this comes from the productivity oriented culture that, you know, you give birth and then nothing changes. You just have this baby and you have to find some childcare. But the truth is that not only your body changes, your, your whole 
persona changes, you know, your priority change. You, uh, many moms report that they by default feel more compassionate, more, you know, drawn to the caregiving functions in the society. And so much changes that you can't just neglect it. It requires taking some time. And this is very underrated taking time in this mm -hmm. culture. So what happens is moms, especially type A moms who used to have careers before, like myself, you know, you had some kind of power, sense of power, sense of freedom, yes. sense of, you know, um, control. Mm -hmm. We are, when you try to repro reproduce these uh, qualities in your life as a mother, it's impossible mm -hmm. because you can't control anything. How can you yeah. know your, when your baby doesn't sleep? It's out of your control, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's not there's nothing you can do. And now you first time you really kind of very often women very are, you you know are. Um, having this crash with this reality that there's nothing in our control. And the, the truth is nothing is ever in our control, mm -hmm. but nothing shows it better than motherhood. <laughs> That's true. We're used to doing, yeah. um, those of us who are in professional roles, we're used to being very good at things. And as you described it, um, I felt that sense of power as well. But then when all of, when motherhood comes in and all of these other things come in, you can't do everything perfectly you just can't things have to go no. yeah no so this is the problem what women face they have they used to the type a reality and then suddenly they have babies and life life is a bit messy sometimes mm -hmm. um sometimes it's you know uh, they don't get enough sleep some things don't go the way they they need to go sometimes and i think so when many women who started working with me they they come to me to have them get organized because they think, oh my gosh, my life is so messy. I need, I need your help to organize better. And the truth is they're really amazing powerhouse women. They don't need to get organized. They are organized, but there's really so much on their plate yeah. that lives feel messy. You can relate to it, surely, right, Gary? Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So when someone does start working with you, what does that look like initially for them? Um, say they're just talking to you for the first time, maybe it's a discovery call. What do you, mm -hmm. what do you do first to help them? First, I listen because um, I have this approach, which is, uh, I have a compassionate and mindful approach, which is married to kind of no BS approach. Mm -hmm. And I like listening to my clients. I'm also very intuitive in my coaching. So I'm listening to the clients to see, to, you know, to hear for the hidden messages. And, um, and um, when we start, we usually make some kind of evaluation together or rather the person who starts working with me makes an evaluation of what areas of their lives are working and what areas of their lives are not working mm -hmm. at the moment. And this gives us kind of the direction. And you know, very often the framework I work, I work with, um, um, I work in, I have a framework called the Power Mom um, Framework. Mm -hmm. And it's about really in first step, step get, gaining a clarity. What are my values? How do I want to embody them in my daily life? Because having your values written on a wall is one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but really living by them is a different thing. And then the, the, the next step is really um, 
editing your life a bit, like simplifying, seeing what needs to go, what do you want to shed? And all is connected to the values again. How do you want to accommodate? How do you want to live the values and manifest them in your life? And the third one is, you know, is the transformation, is creating the rituals you need to nourish yourself. But how I work with my clients, I don't make make them or like give them the idea they need to add something to their schedules because yeah. no, moms already have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you saw this this in this kind of like a you, you, I call it invisible load, you know, all this thinking about the birthday parties, yes, there's yes. so much. So what I encourage moms to do is to shift how they go about the things they, they do, because there's certain things we need to do in our lives anyway, and we can stop doing them. Some of them we can, so that's the simplification second step in my framework, but very often it's really about shifts, how you go about things you need to do. Yeah, I like that you mentioned um, the rituals, the routines, kind of creating space for things to happen. And it's funny, my next question was really about um, what does free time look like for you these days? Are there any, or, or really time that you schedule just for yourself? Are there any rituals or routines that you kind of hold sacred or adhere to in your day? You know, Yes and no. This is the funniest thing because people would ex- people would have this expectation of me to have this figured out. I do every morning. I do this and this and this. And one thing that motherhood taught me is to hold things loosely. Mm. And I throughout my you know like my journey, I had this um, different routines that I followed. And they felt good to me. For, for, for example, for a while, I would wake up at 5 a.m., do some light yoga, do meditation, maybe pull a tarot card. I love mm-hmm. tarot cards. Yeah. And, and have some inspiration and sip my tea. I would do that for a while. Um, now in a new phase of my life, I'm approaching perimenopause. Sleep is precious. I don't wake mm-hmm. up at 5 a.m. every day. Yeah. <laughs> But I really make sure to have everyday time to just be. Mm-hmm. I block this time and it's, it's sacred to me. And it's not, I don't have any agenda. So I don't have, I hold this very loosely. So sometimes it feels good to me to have my cup of tea outside and read my book. Sometimes it feels good to talk to my plants and see how my plants are doing. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I just write something down in journal and um do or you know still pull some cards and uh, and contemplate them so i have this kind of things and i really uh, love this idea of you know i'm still learning carrie so it's not like yeah, it's easy for me because as a recovering type a nothing is easy <laughs> to just take time right but this is the precious idea of no agenda is you know i find it more and more delicious <laughs> sure so you, a lot of your work revolves around helping women to kind of elevate the role of motherhood, to redefine what motherhood is in society. So can you speak a little bit about that, what that means to you? In my work with moms, I mostly work with moms to support them as women. Mm-hmm. Because motherhood, we all know, whoever has experienced that, it, it is challenging sometimes. And there are many things that no one told you, uh, you know, and there are many things that are unexpected and you never have thought you're gonna make these choices, et cetera, right? It happens mm-hmm. to so many women. Um, so 
I want to say when people hear I'm a life coach for moms, they think, oh yeah, she's helping me with parenting. Mm-hmm. And I don't because I believe that you can take better advantage from the beneficial, you know, uh, findings of parenting industry, like wellness industry right now as well. It, you can take the best advantage if you are grounded and centered and connected to yourself. Yes. So how I elevate the role of moms in a society, I help them, I remind them to be the women they want to be, to be the women they miss. They miss, you know, how you, you many, many moms report that, oh my gosh, I miss the woman I used to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about sensuality, about pleasure, about what does it even mean to be the woman? How do you embody your power? You know, stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. So in your mission, you mentioned um, that you give women this courage to lead these lives that they desire. And one of the things that struck me was that you add, even if their culture does not support it. So what made you add that component? I love that you added that, but what made you add that? Oh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for, for, for saying this, because this is really huge. And um, there's so many societal shoots put upon moms. You know, basically, I feel like motherhood is a beginning of an invisibility zone for women. And I'm approaching the second zone of invisibility, what, you know, approaching the menopause. And there with you, yeah. Exactly. So there are certain things that are, you know, are expected from moms and certain things that are, you know, um, acceptable for moms, but there's certain, certain things that aren't. And there's so many, there's so much judgment, Carrie. There's so much, like for instance, if you're too loud, oh my gosh, she's so loud. Mm-hmm. If you're too quiet, oh my gosh, she's so meek. If you're too hot, oh my gosh, what a slut, right? Mm-hmm. If you're too, you know, modest, oh, so boring. So, you know, the life in a void is hard because the void is really narrow, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes women are, who start, I put this in there because very, very many women who start working with me, they have some dreams, they have some desires, but they're so shy to express them because they think they don't, they shouldn't have them. Right, Judgment Because we so much, exactly, we so much subscribe to these shoots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, that's great. So, and it's, it's a challenge, I think, because all of these things are just really drummed in. Into yes. Us. They are yes, they are. And I want to add something to it as well. You mm-hmm. see, Carrie, how excited I am about this. Sure. <laughs> that, you know, as women, we also contribute to the patriarchy, you know, so having so much on our plate, some of these things we put ourselves on our plate. We do. And I feel like this is like, you know, the, the piggybacking on the shoots that they are, you know, from the society's side put on us. We also do it, do it to ourselves. Yes. We, we create this, this toxic femininity in some ways, you know, the caregiver myth, you know, and that's why I, I encourage women to, you know, to feel as hot as they want to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feel as empowered as they want to. You know, but you can't you can't do it without confronting some difficult truths here. Sure, and we also give ourselves so many jobs that we think we're the only ones that can do, and then we complain about having mm-hmm. to do them. But 
we can't really blame anyone but ourselves when we're the ones who, who have created that yeah. role. Why would someone else just come along and take it away? Yeah, we shouldn't, you shouldn't blame it. But we, you know, I feel like blaming is always complicated because it gives us another layer of shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, this is, I hold it very, I try to be very gentle about this working with my clients because that's how we work as a society. Our partner, if, you know, if we're in a heterosexual relationship, they were raised different, differently than us, you know? So mm-hmm. they, they also subscribe to certain roles. Yes. And of course, they're not going to jump up to do some certain things right. that are typically considered women yeah. tasks, you know? And I think we need to be hyper aware of it without blaming and without resentment, but just, you know, yeah, just being open to possibilities here. Sure, we can change things through conversations, but you have yes. to have communication, right? Um, so what do you think about the work that you're doing now is very different than what you did before. Do you think that your work as more or less a scientist, and, and when I think of someone, I'm very artsy minded. Um, I have a son who's going to be an engineer soon, and I know that how his mind is so different than mine. How do you move from that to doing coaching? Do you think you brought along any skills that have been helpful? Um, I'm laughing because even though I have this education as an engineer, that was kind of my false identity. But this long conversation, long story short, is that, you know, I wanted to get some validation in my life. So I pursued this path, career path, and I made it. So I kind of got this validation with which did not help my self-worth, but actually I'm quite artsy myself. <laughs> but how it helps me, having this, having had this career, I understand, first of all, how the corporate work, world works. Yeah. Um, I understand the role of women in this corporate, corporate world. Um, I also um, understand how it is, what it takes to matter in that world. Mm-hmm. And... I understand the certain type of women who get there, um, you know, perfectionism, yes. you know, type A, etc. Are the some of the, um, you know, of of the qualities here, and I also understand how unused this uh, women and it's myself included here, seriously, how hard it is for us to really stop take a breath and just be yeah which is necessary because you cannot be present to anything when you don't stop sometimes and take it slowly absolutely yep so i have two more questions this one um both of these i ask uh, everyone i interview what has been your greatest challenge would you say so far leading up to the work you're doing and it can be a challenge with growing your coaching business um or leaving your other world behind any challenge that has been the greatest? I think there were two challenges. And first one was mainly for my ego, because when I came to terms that, you know, hydrocarbon saturation, you know, calculating it doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Uh, Say, you know, quitting this, leaving this industry behind was a huge challenge for my ego. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how cool does it sound? I'm a petrophysicist. Yeah. And suddenly I was giving it up. Mm-hmm. So that was challenge number one. Challenge number two is this. Uh, having, having my own business as a life coach requires my se- putting myself out there. Yeah. And 
you know, and it's it, it has been a huge journey for me. If someone told me 10 years ago when I first arrived in America from Europe that I will speak for large groups of people, that I will speak, I will make videos, I will interview people, et cetera, et cetera. This was unbelievable. I, I could not even imagine because I was still feeling like I'm learning this culture. I'm learning this cultural language. Mm -hmm. I'm navigating. I don't know how to even small talk, you know, do small talk now. I'm a queen of small talk, mm -hmm. but, but I think that was a challenge for sure to get out and put myself, put myself out there. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I share that same challenge, I, and both of them actually the same. I yes, the same too. The same too. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the last question is about any books that you would recommend for um, a woman who is really just in the midst of a struggle between her career and motherhood and and trying to do everything well. Anything that helped oh, you wow. along the way? The first book that helped me that when actually this book made me realize that I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm really on the bottom and I, <laughs> I'm in struggling was because, you know, when you keep going, you may not notice even how, how, how much you struggle. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was at. And I read this book, wherever you are, there you, wherever you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. I think that was by John Kabat-Zinn. And uh, I realized that there is, you know, I, you know, when you try fixing things by doing all the time, you know, like maybe let's say, oh, uh, my, I'm, I'm very unhappy here. So let me move somewhere else. Yeah. But without going inwards, you just mm -hmm. taking the misery with you to the different place. Yes. So that was the first one, which was very empowering for me. And, you know, there were so many books that shaped my healing journey and I can't, you know, I'm blanking, I'm blanking out here. Right That's now. okay. That's a great one. Um, <laughs> I actually wrote that down and um, I have a Facebook group of women now who are all on, you know, various journeys in wellness. And oftentimes we, well, every month now we choose a book and go through that and kind of create a theme. So I like to write these down so that I can explore them and maybe incorporate them. Into yeah. The group. Yeah. That sounds like a good one. I'll check that out. So finally, oh, go ahead. There's one more book I think that I, I recommend to women. Mm -hmm. And this is a good one because this really kind of allows us to. I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about an app that I am loving. I use Audible nearly every day. I listen to Audible books while I am taking walks in the woods, while I'm working out at the gym, and even while I'm driving in the car. A few books that I'm reading right now simultaneously are North by Scott Jurek, which is a book about an ultra runner. And um, I'm reading it strictly for the story of his running the Appalachian Trail and overcoming different challenges. And I'm reading Why We Get Sick by Benjamin Bickman. There are so many books that I have lined up to read. In addition, as you've noticed in all of our podcasts, I ask every guest we have what books they would recommend based on the topic we're discussing. So I really wanted to partner with Audible and I'm so happy I'm able to, to offer you a free trial. So what is Audible? Well, Audible lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one place. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. It offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre. I happen to love mysteries as well as self-help 
and motivation and memoirs. You can find a little of everything you love to read. You'll find exclusive Audible originals from top celebrities, renowned experts, and really just some exciting new voices in audio. So Audible also includes thousands of podcasts from popular favorites to exclusive new series. So as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including latest bestsellers and new releases. So with this trial, you can, as a new member, try Audible free for 30 days. It is an amazing offer. All you have to do is go to the link that I have down in the show notes, www.audibletrial.com backslash read with Carrie, all one word, all lowercase letters. Okay. Thanks for listening in back to our podcast. Uh, check what our position is in this world. It's Invisible Woman, the women by, uh, the, the, the woman, the author is, I think it's Spanish, it's Spanish name. Okay. Um, but the title of the book is Invisible Women. And it was very eye-opening for me how the world has been has not been designed for women. So this is very encouraging to me as a woman and a mother to you know, access as much of my power as I can to make the world a better place for everyone. Because it's not even only about like, oh, let's just focus on the in, 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 you know, inequality and like, let this, let's make it better for women. Because I think the world will be better for everyone if everyone has, you know, is, has, is, is treated equally. I agree, yeah. So this has been a great interview. The last question that I have for you is where can we find you online? I have a website called chooseclarity.io and the same Instagram handle, uh, chooseclarity.io. I am pretty active on Instagram. I do many live videos and post a lot of free content. Um, if you go to my Instagram page as well as to my website, I have um, I have there um, a free time for mom method where people can download a quick PDF, very short PDF with three tricks on how to reclaim your time as a busy mom. Great, perfect. So I will leave that information in our show notes for sure so that our listeners can find you. Thank you so much, Aga, for, for being here and for giving us all of this insight. I truly enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you so much, Gary, for having me. I appreciate that. Thanks everyone for listening.